Hello everyone, welcome to Across Perspectives. This is our first episode. And this podcast really is run by just a group of us. I'm Derek uh, with Mark and Paolo. Yo. Hello, hello. Mark here. Yeah. And yeah, we're just a group of Christians who are keen to explore the complexities of living out the faith in today's world. And really our aim is to interrogate different perspectives on contemporary issues in light of our Christian beliefs. So we do not promise any straight answers, but really we just want to open up the conversation uh, to challenge other Christians and ourselves to think and to live critically in this world as Christians. So with that said, today our first episode uh, really is on a quite a big and heavy topic on marriage and divorce. And it's really stemming from uh, the recent video that was put on YouTube by NOC, Night Owl Cinematics, of uh, the owners Ryan and Sylvia getting a divorce. Right, so I think we just wanted to start off maybe just having some quick responses to the video itself. Uh, over to either you, Mark, or Paolo. Uh, so I watched it again this morning, and uh, honestly, I felt very sad for Ryan. It seems like the divorce was her idea, so that's the showbiz reaction to it. And it seems like he didn't have a choice, la, so I felt a bit sad. And uh, second, I, I, I thought there was something that I've heard before. You know, it's like falling out of love and divorcing because, because, of, uh, because of those reasons, like the romance is gone. And, and I just think it's sad. Like, I think it's, I don't think it's what God wants. Yeah, so. Huh? Yeah, I think, I think for myself, uh, you know, watching the video was, was pretty difficult because, you know, I, I occasionally watch their stuff and it's, it's a lot of like humor uh, a lot of very like lighthearted stuff about food, and then you know suddenly you have this like what like what is this you know like a divorce video, um, so it's really interesting because I mean here we're we're looking at you know um, celebrities, but the the concerns they brought up about their relationship and their marriage and their divorce were very you know understandable right very relatable emotionally, and then of course you magnify that by the fact that they are, you know, running their own um, company. Um, it, it, it really was, I think, quite, uh, yeah, just the scale of what they're going through and then having to actually cover it so publicly. Um, I'm glad they were so authentic is what I'm saying, but it surely wasn't easy for them, I think. Yeah, I think likewise, I, I'm a huge fan of their, their series on Food King. So my fiance and I always watch it every week. Uh, so it was, a big, it was a big different kind of mood, right? And when I first saw the video, I thought it was like some clickbait thing. That it wasn't actually the one. <laughs> um, but it turns out it was. And yeah, I think it was such a authentic and, and vulnerable sharing. And I think I really appreciate them for, for coming out and just being so, so real about it. Um, but I think it must have also raised a lot of questions about, especially for, for if you're a Christian watching it, you know, it might trigger some. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts of when can I divorce, should I get a divorce, what, what is marriage? Um, did any of you have any of those thoughts, Paolo? What I thought about was really the, um, the criterion that people go to when they enter marriage. It's like, mm-hmm. and then if you're not happy anymore, then, or if you don't have the romance, like what Sylvia said, or you have, you know, conflicts mm-hmm. in, in work, if your colleagues with your wife, with your with the spouse, then that is a reason to to stay divorced. And um, yeah, so I I guess I just thought about how Christians go into 
um, marriages and what. Mm. What about you, Mark? Well, I think in the spirit of uh, you know trying to present as many perspectives as possible, I think I won't try and stick to uh, a strictly say Christian worldview here. Um, but I should preface that by saying I think much of what I will try and raise for consideration uh, does not necessarily represent my own view, right? I think it's just to to help us hold a, a rigorous discussion. Mm -hmm. um, so on the point on you know yeah why why get into a marriage and, and what are some of the fundamentals there? Uh, I think definitely there is this consideration that uh, I should be doing this to achieve um, some goals of my own. I think no, no matter how selfless we, we try and make out the romantic picture of marriage to be, um, undeniably both parties are looking to get uh, something out of it. And so in some sense, you know, Ryan and Sylvia, I think, um, and, and their names could really be changed with any number of other people, right? They actually were able to achieve um, something very great through their marriage, which was they became, as they admitted themselves, extremely good uh, you know, business partners. They got to know each other very, very well. Um, of course, it came to the point in the divorce where some of those things were brought into tension with one another. But as a starting point, I think that they definitely managed to um, achieve some of these goals. So, And I think a lot of people would commend them for their, their clear-eyed vision on, okay, what worked for us, what is no longer working, and to be able to, to call it when it's something that no longer giving them what, what they wanted when they got into the marriage in the first place, right? And, mm. and how they're very amicable some more. Yeah, exactly. And I think we just want to, before we go any further, to, to say that we're not targeting Ryan and Silver or, or, or you know, yeah. them flag for anything. We're just springing off this, this incident to, to discuss some of the issues that might come out of it. And I think before we even talk about divorce and, and marriage, maybe it's good to, to have a, a better understanding of the Christian view, like what, what is our starting point as Christians, right? What is the view of marriage? So Paolo, what do you think are some of the key you know, defining traits of a Christian marriage? Well, in I think in Ephesians 5, it says, right, that um, the husbands are called to love the wife and the wives are supposed to submit to the husbands. And that is an image of, of what God's relationship is with the church, right? So Christ loves the church and the church submits to, to, to Christ. And I think that's one of the, the key things about marriage is it reflects who God is and what his relationship is, is with us. So I think that would be a, a big picture. Yeah, so it represents Christ and the church and the covenantal relationship that we have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. but what does that mean for the way we do marriage as Christians? Uh, and, and maybe Mark, you can chip in here. Well, well, I mean, it's a good question because that's that's a really big concept. Um, when you try and translate that down into day-to-day -day living, what does that look yeah, like? Yeah, actually. Right? For example, uh, Ryan and Sylvia discussed this. They said, you know, actually... After the divorce, they had this clarity, which is, okay, Sylvia, you're just going to handle all the business decisions. You're going to take the lead. You're going to be the driver. Um, and I, Ryan, am going to support you um, unconditionally. Uh, they're, they're talking specifically in business decisions, right? But, but that, I think, can be mapped onto you know, what Paolo just talked about, which is um, if the Bible teaches that you know, the husband is supposed to take the lead, uh, to love the wives specifically, you know, and the wives are supposed to submit. Um, 
then are we are we you know seeing that principle put into place when uh you know the wife is actually the one that's driving things and then the husband is um submitting does it still work that way i i guess the point i'm trying to make here is that the clarity of roles is something that i think whether you're christian or not it does cause you to really have to think hard right really consider deeply um so that's that's i think some food for thought right there in addition to to uh to, to my answer to derek is that in a marriage in a christian marriage at the very least i think we are called to be really covenantal right meaning meaning we have to be really committed so on the ground I think what that means is that we don't give up on each other. I, I'm, I'm sure this is very easy to say, but it really, really, I think it mirrors what 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 God is like to us, right? Like God yeah. doesn't give up on us, even when we were unfaithful, right? God, God doesn't give up on us, and He loves us unconditionally. And I think that is the beauty of of being married and being committed to marry is that assurance that knowing this person will never leave me, just like how God never leaves me. Yeah, and I think implicit in what both of you are saying is the very fact that there is a template to follow, right? There is a model, right? It's not something that you can just rewrite the rules like anyhow, uh, whenever you want, right? And if you if you read the YouTube comments, which is not a good place to be, but if you read it, there are <laughs> different opinions on on <laughs> on whether what what they were doing was right, whether they were, what they're doing was wrong, whether they should continue and and everything. And I'm not saying that Christians agree on, on 100% of everything to do with marriage, but at least there's a, a starting point, at least there's a certain template that we can follow. You know? um, and I think when we, when we discussed this earlier, we also raised something about this idea of holiness, right? And, and how in, for Christians, like marriage is not just about yourself, it's also about the holiness of God, right? And I, and I was reading this book last year by, by Gary Thomas called Sacred Marriage, and he said, mm -hmm. What if what God had in mind went beyond our happiness, our comfort, and our desire to be happy? What if God designed marriage to make us holy more than to make us happy? Right? What, what do you think of this, uh, this proposition? Yeah, so what comes to mind is, well, what do you mean by holiness, right? Probably for somebody who doesn't share the Christian worldview, that might be translated into um, maybe marriage is more about my, my character development or becoming a better person than happiness per se, which is something that I think, yeah, you know, again, you don't have to hold a Christian wolf to consider. But then it does beg this question of, well, what do you mean by, you know, character development or what do you mean by becoming a better person? Mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, given that the weight and responsibility that comes with marriage, why would I choose that medium? <laughs> of all the mediums i could choose to you know grow my character i mean yeah. seriously right yeah so paulo what what do you think is there something special about marriage that that makes us holy more holy or holy in a different way than other kinds of relationship or experiences okay i think i would answer that in two layers one is is the is although it's a little bit too abstract it's the image of god loving us and the second is uh, holiness wise I don't know, there's something about being, like, like what Ryan Sylvia said, right? There's something about being together for 10 years and so on. And uh, there's something about um, being with each other, like maybe 24-7. It just shows out a lot of your, your flaws, I think. And in a marriage, everything is laid out in the open. 
and all your flaws are present. And I think that's one step of of to towards holiness, like, because it's it humbles you, and it also forces you to accept the flaws of the other person. So again, so there, there's that element of humility, and the second element of learning to accept the other person, and all that is part of unconditional love, which again mirrors um, God's uh, relationship with us. A marriage helps us to unconditionally love this other imperfect mm-hmm. person. And I think that's what gives glory to God, la, that these two imperfect people can love somehow and not give up on each other. Mm. So it's, it's almost the fact then that marriage doesn't give you an out in, in most cases. Yeah. That so, it's a, so it's not a necessarily a negative thing like, oh no, I'm stuck. It's <laughs> more like an assurance that, wow, no matter how messed up I am, yeah. this other person will love me no matter what. And so, so I think that's the beauty. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I think we've missed wow. quite a, a lot of tensions, a lot of questions, and maybe we just dive into some of that now. Um, and I think one of the things that, that comes out most strongly, uh, both from the discussion on, on children and on, you know, representing who God is and being holy instead of happiness, um, is this idea uh, or tension between self-preservation and self mm. Right, and obviously, mm-hmm. in the Christian worldview, there's a strong emphasis on, on sacrificial love, unconditional love. You know, your husband, the, the husband is supposed to lay down his life for the wife, and so on. Um, and back to the book that I was reading, Gary Thomas, he writes that our reasons for marriage are often selfish, but the Christian marriage should be one of the most selfless places. And I think relating back to the video, uh, a lot of their their reasons were focused on more or less their selves, right? You know what. Yeah. They- who they were becoming, what they wanted. Um, mm. But at the end, they also recognized that, that marriage needs sacrifice to work. It needs a certain amount of effort and commitment. Um, mm. But I think in the end, we could still see that, that the modern mindset generally tends to lean more towards uh, self-preservation. Right? So maybe Mark, we want to start us off on, on this discussion. Sure. I, I won't say too much about it, but I'll just throw a question out there, which is, uh, which is this. If you focus so much on uh, self-sacrifice, right, at the expense where you yourself begin to suffer, then what are you really bringing into the relationship? It is something that I think is a very real concern because actually I myself um, have a bit of this uh, complex or or maybe it's a bit more intuitive for me to be very giving i give i give and actually i've had friends come up to me and tell me you know hey um you know you got to take care of yourself too you know mm. and, and what they mean by that is they're not just looking out for me but sometimes actually um in in getting to the point where we're just so depleted it's like you are you know what are you really running on because then that affects the way you give as well you know, giving can actually become quite toxic when you start to be so depleted that in your mind you start to think things like, well, this isn't fair. I'm not getting anything back in return, mm. right? Mm. And then you have all these kind of unspoken expectations or you just internalize a lot of the pain. So that's a question I would bring to the table, which is, yeah, I mean, if it comes to the point where the person is sacrificing so much that it's at the expense of, you know, uh, their happiness or their health or their well-being, I mean... Mm. Is that really good for the relationship? Yeah. Well, 
interesting question. It's kind of the, the whole airplane thing, right? When you're in an emergency situation, make sure you put on a gas for yourself first and then attend to like whoever is your mm. in charge. Yeah, it's a good analogy. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of people today would talk about self-care, right? You need to take care of yourself. Um, and, and if anything sort of compromises that, then, then we label it like a toxic relationship that you need to like cut out of your life, right? And these are quite powerful arguments, right? And, and for the Christian, it's, it's hard not to uh, empathize with some of these. I mean, this, this whole self-care talk has even made its way into the church sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. and bad thing. But sometimes it might seem that the Christian position is, is foolish or, or naive. Uh, I think one YouTube comment mm. wrote, divorce isn't a tragedy. A tragedy is staying on in an unhappy marriage. And, th- and that might sound, it does have some truth to it, maybe. Right? How would you respond to all of this, Paul? Um, I think you spend less time in the comment section, for one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but uh, seriously, uh, I, I think that really goes back to to the main tensions that we have here is it do you go in um, with a goal of being happy full stop do we go with a mindset of um, this marriage is is for for god's glory for or and the goal of of being holy be- and it will be a tragedy if if the the end be end all be all is to be happy full stop because if i'm not happy then wow that's a tragedy because it's mm. it just fails and and i do agree it will fail if that if that's the uh, be all end all because there is a tendency to want to leave and to want to bail mm. and um but but if our chief joy or source of happiness is is god and then staying in a marriage where he that we will never be, I, I think, I'm, I hope I'm not being too naive here. I am married, so I can say this. And stay in a marriage where he can fuel you with that joy, with that happiness. He can fuel you with that capacity to love when you, when you feel empty of, of that ability to. And when he is the source of happiness, and I think, I think that's a win. And, and I think doing all that and being perfected and being refined and being holy gets you Jesus, gets you to be closer to Jesus. And mm-hmm. I think that is a higher reward than the, 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 the happiness that we can achieve in marriage. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. I think I just want to pose two questions that we can sort of discuss together. I think um, the first is a lot of people would respond to this and say, you know, is there a line, right? You know, what about abuse, right? And physical abuse, like most Christians mm-hmm. would agree, yeah, that's that's probably a good ground for, for divorce. But what about verbal, emotional abuse, right? Is there, right. what is the wiggle room here for, for the Christian? Um, and I think another question is, is, is marriage ever, does it ever reach to a point where it's unsalvageable? You know, and I think in, in the Christian perspective, uh, there's a lot of emphasis on love being a choice, love being a commitment, you know, you need to learn to love the one that you chose. You need to put in effort and all of these things. But is there a point when, when all of this is no longer enough, right? That you can no longer put in any more effort and it's better to just call it, you know, uh, as it is, that it, it can't be salvaged anymore, right? And maybe Mark can start us off from this. Mm. Uh, well, I think definitely when you look at the, uh, the legal ways that uh, our society provides for uh, divorce, I think you do need to have proof that um, you know there was some sort of um, either abuse or separation for a period of three years. Um, 
So I think from uh, from from a care point of view, right? From a like okay, like a preservation point of view again, um, that that is a very reasonable thing, right? Because it says that okay, um, if this line is crossed, I have a way out. The question I would pose though is, you know, what what is the spirit behind uh, the approach towards that situation? which is the moment the line is crossed, it's just, okay, I'm gonna slap a law on towards you. Um, I'm just not so sure that's healthy in any relationship, romantic or not, right? It's like, hey, by the way, you crossed this rule. Uh, so, 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 you know, I'm, I'm you know, that's minus points. Yeah, that's minus points for you. Too bad. Yeah, you're, you're a lot closer to the, you know, the no-go zone after you cross that line. I mean, it's like, oh, like, so, so you know, I think that's where uh, you really have to ask, you know, the motivations, um, and and I guess it, it's still very Christianese, but we talk about, you know, the spirit of the law behind the letter of the law. Yeah. In other words, what is what is the heart of the matter that you're really trying to achieve? So, I think that the reality of relationships, especially very close ones like romantic ones and marriage you know, in marriage, there will be times where you probably say or do things that you really, really regret. Um, maybe even to the point where it's considered abuse. I'm not saying anyone should have to put up with that. The question is just, is the law the only thing that we then turn to and divorce, you know, the, um, the way you go? And I know a lot of people will say, hey, but it's happened more than once. Um, mm. You know, it's, it's happened a couple of times. It's not just a one-off thing. And um, perhaps that's where the conversation around working through these things that conversation needs to deepen yeah. right paulo you have a quick comment on it oh it's not very quick <laughs> <laughs> make it quick okay, yeah. make it quick sorry sorry, sorry. uh <laughs> yeah, so i just answered mark yeah it's true but i think the question that derek is pointing towards is that mm. um what if you really uh worked it out but this other person, or try to work it out, but this other person is still abusive, manipulates, tries to control, gain power, and, and coerces me in order to stay mm. in the marriage, then that is yeah. ground for divorce. And, mm. and, and, and what is the wiggle room that we have with Allah, I think. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, again, this is speaking beyond my own conviction. So maybe, Paolo, you have a go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Uh, for me, uh, I think I, I have two scriptures for us. One is in First Corinthians. It says that if an unbeliever leaves, let it be so. And you're no longer mm -hmm. bound and God calls you to live in peace. That's first. Second is Hebrews 10, 26. It says, if we deliberately keep on sinning, even after we receive the knowledge of truth, then no sacrifice of sins is left for us. The reason I, I present these two verses is that Hebrews states that if you are an unrepentant sinner you come, you keep doing the same things over and over again and it costs the question your your uh, how authentic your faith is so i would put you in a category of a non-believer so in going back to first corinthians if you're a non-believer and you um, and you desert the marriage by not fulfilling what you're supposed to do by abusing your wife or husband then it's safe to say that you can call off the marriage law as a christian married to the abuser because that person has deserted his or her covenant 
Mark, you have any response to this? No, I, I mean, I think that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think, again, we, we try and create our laws as much as possible to um, not only inform our morality, but protect, um, you know, uh, the, the health and safety of our people. So I think that that's where, um, you know, crossing some of these lines, I think many people would say, um, especially after repeated instances, it is, is quite a reasonable thing to do. So from a logic and from a reason approach, um, it, it's quite hard to deny the, you know, the validity of, of this approach. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think going back to, to scripture and considering everything that we talked about, about allowance and wiggle room for the Christian, when is it justifiable to get divorced? I think something that I, I keep coming back to in my mind is the example in Hosea where, where God is depicted as someone who has married Israel and, and remains faithful to her, upholds his end of, of this covenantal relationship, even though Israel is, is described as you know, promiscuous, being adulterous. And, and I think that that gives us this divine ideal that is just so lofty almost, right? And God also gives us then divorce, which is an allowance, I guess, for, for mankind and for mistakes and for and the brokenness of men. So I think maybe that's one way to look at it is that there is an, an, an sort of allowance and the key is to, yeah. I guess, figure out where that is. And I think that goes back to what Mark was talking about earlier about, you know, what is in your heart? What is your motivation? And mm. I think we, we can now just end off with maybe some quick thoughts for, for those of our listeners who are not yet married, you know, with this sort of discussion of, of marriage and divorce, how do we approach this, this very, very weighty thing in our lives? Okay, for me, um, two things, I guess. One is before approaching marriage, you have to ask yourself, am I willing to give up all my rights for the other person or for my spouse? Am I? And um, going back to my experience, um, let's say, what if my, 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 spouse, my spouse doesn't speak my love language, and, which is like, like words. So, so I, had to, I had to ask myself, like, am I willing to live the next... 50, uh, 40 to 60 years of my life, not having this need fulfilled. Can I die to that right for this person? And if not, then I would rethink marriage. And I think number two is, it would be really important to find someone with the same value system, right? Because mm. imagine if you're the only person in the relationship who believes and who subscribes to unconditional love, then that would be very, very hard for you. Yeah, yeah. I think that that language of, of rights and, and values um, really, really important for us to consider, Paolo. Because, um, yeah, I mean that's that's what we see socially and culturally just thrown at us so often. You know, it's like yeah. I got to take care of myself. You know, where, where are the equal rights? Um, and yeah. there is not much consideration about well, well, are you you know are you willing to lay down your rights for another person? And marriage kind of takes that to the you know the the nine thousandth level, which is like not just for a day, not just for a week, but for you know your entire life. It's like the yeah. weight of that expectation is there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it can lead, I think, importantly, you know, what's really at the heart of that is this sense of my my personal being is being given to another person. Mm. Right. I I this question of whose am I 
is no longer answered by what yeah. the world loves to tell us. You know, media has this message that goes, oh, you are your own person. If you define who you are, it's very self-empowering. Yeah. It's totally something else, which is saying you are somebody else's, which is a totally scary thought. Yeah. So I'd say for singles or those who are considering marriage or dating, um, the question I'd ask them to consider, and this really goes for whether you're a Christian or, or not, whose are you? Who in your life uh, has that kind of hold or influence on you on that level? And I think that to realize there are some relationships that really, really influence our identities. And when you go into marriage, you know, giving the other person uh, so much of yourself, if you haven't yet really answered the question of whose am I, you could really, I think, and this is the fear of many people, just lose yourself um, mm. to the other person. Um, and many people realize that, wow, this is not really what I signed up for and, and mm. who I am in this relationship mm. is, is becoming increasingly dependent on the other person. Mm. Yep. So I think the Christian worldview has some very good answers towards that question of whose you are. Um, and I would say for other worldviews that have a go at it, that would be the test because the answer to that question will have deep implications on the way you do all your relationships, especially one as serious as marriage. Yeah, yeah. And I think for, for the Christian army earlier, we're talking about how marriage is a reflection of God's love for us. And I think it's important for us then to first have clear appreciation and understanding of, of what that love is um, in, in order to then live it out ourselves, right? Um, and I think on a more practical note, I think I would encourage people to, to have a, a sort of middle ground between two tendencies that I see in the church, one of which, which is to over-romanticize this idea of marriage as this blissful divine union and to, to then not really consider the cost uh, that has to do with it. And then the other tendency is to just be so afraid then of, of this huge commitment um, of getting to it that we feel a bit paralyzed in, in face of this thing, you know, having to do everything correct, even when you're dating, make sure perfect partner is found. I think both of these approaches are unhealthy in their own right. And, and finding that, that balance between both might be good for, for you know, young adults who are figuring their way out around relationships. Yeah. So I think that's what we have uh, for you today. And we hope that we have given you some stuff to think about. And as we said, no straight answers to this, um, but really encouraging all of us to, to think about these things carefully, to interrogate you know, different worldviews uh, surrounding marriage, divorce, and relationships, uh, both from the Christian side and also from the non-Christian secular worldview side. And if you have you know, further questions or things you want to discuss, you can reach out to us. I think we'll be setting up something soon. Uh, if not, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye. All right. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye.